Amen, amen. It is so great to see all of you here on site. And for those of you who are joining us online, welcome. Uh, if you're here for the very first time, I'm Ricky Ayala, the senior pastor of this church. And we are in our current sermon series that is titled Elephant in the Church. I pray that as a church, you have been blessed by the messages which came out from the congregation a few months ago when I went to a spiritual retreat. I asked for topics and people were sending in, you know, can you preach about this? Can you preach about that? And getting all the topics together, this is the re one of the results was this elephant in the church, which deals with, you know, hard topics. Topics. And uh, the first week, we talked about uh, the cancel culture. Uh, the second week, we dealt with uh, racism. Uh, last week, we answered the question, is Jesus the only way to heaven? And today, uh, one of the, uh, the topics, we only got two more because we have this week and next week. Uh, today's topic deals with, you know, where are we regarding the Planned Parenthood, specifically with abortion? Uh, so just let me pause for a word of prayer. Gracious and almighty God, we come before your presence in this service as we prepare our hearts and minds and our ears to receive of your word today. With scripture, with what's happening in our world, but Lord, speak today to our hearts. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, ladies and gentlemen, you know, one of the things that people were saying, you know, Pastor, I appreciate you bringing out these hard topics, difficult topics, and some of them that could be very divisive within a church setting because of the interpretation or how people really feel. And I want to say thank you for your prayers, thank you for the support, and thank you for the staff and everyone that's come together into preparing for this series. Now, again, today we're dealing with the topic of Planned Parenthood and specifically relating to abortion. So Planned Parenthood's mission is to provide educational programs which enhance understanding of individual and societal implications of human sexuality, to promote research and the advancement of technology in reproductive health care, and encourage understanding of their inherent bioethical, behavioral, and social implications. Now Planned Parenthood undoes some very amazing things. So for example, general health care, the HIV testing and treatment, the offering of birth control to those who can't afford them, women's health services, men's health services, uh, STD and STI testing and vaccines, patient, edu and patient education, and other services as well. Let me give you a brief chronology of, uh, of, the, of its origin. Back in the, from the 1940s through the early 1970s, Planned Parenthood consolidated the earlier crusade and expanded its roles to raise awareness of birth control and to gain the federal government's support for family uh, planning. And internationally, Planned Parenthood expanded its uh, reach of less developed uh, countries by establishing uh, its Family Planning International Assistance Program back in 1971. Since the issue of privacy is related to the women's reproductive freedom, Planned Parenthood became involved and continues to be involved in legal matters, especially when you deal with the Supreme Court cases. So I'll give you an example, 1965, the, uh, the ruling of Griswold versus the state of Connecticut. 
that dealt with the right of married couples to use contraception. In 1973, you may have heard about the Roe versus Wade legalizing abortion and related suits concerning access to abortion. In 1992, the Planned Parenthood of Southeastern Pennsylvania versus Casey, in which the Supreme Court upheld Roe versus Wade and established the principle that states may not place an quote-unquote undue burden on a woman's ability to obtain an abortion. The undue burden standard itself was reaffirmed by the court in Whole Women's Health versus Hellerstedt in 2016. In the Casey uh, case, the Planned Parenthood challenged Pennsylvania legislature uh, amendments to its abortion control law of 1988 and 89. Along the new provisions, the law required informed consent and a 24-hour waiting period prior to the procedure, a minor seeking an abortion required the consent of one parent, now, the law allows for a judicial by and bypass procedure, a woman, a married woman seeking an abortion had to indicate that she notify her husband of her intent to abort the fetus. All of the provisions were upheld except the spousal notification. In a 5-4 decision of Casey case, the court restated, uh, restated excuse me, that the privacy right, the right to choose, are derived from the due process clause of the 14th Amendment of the U.S. Constitution. Placing individual decisions about abortion, family planning, marriage, and education within a realm of personal liberty in which the government may not enter. The judgment also revised the test that courts use to scrutinize laws relating to abortion, moving to an undue burden standard. A law is invalid if its purpose or effect is to place substantial obstacles in the path of a woman seeking an abortion before the fetus attains viability. As I mentioned, the 2016 case of the Whole Woman's Health versus Hellerstedt in the U.S. Supreme Court uh, applied the undue burden standard to strike down two provisions of a Texas state law that have required abortion doctors to have admitting privileges at a nearby hospital and abortion clinics. Such provisions, uh, provisions placed a substantial obstacle on the path of women seeking a pre-viability abortion in violation of the federal constitution. Now let me provide you with an update challenges to abortion Recently, Texas Governor Greg uh, Scott, uh, excuse me, Greg Abbott, uh, uh, signed into law a measure that would prohibit in Texas abortions as early as six weeks before some women know that they are pregnant and open the door for almost any private citizen to sue abortion providers and others. The signing of the bill opens a new frontier into the battle over the abortion restrictions as first of its kind legal provisions. Intended to make the law harder to block, a poised to be tested in the courts. Now the courts dismiss the reality that life begins at conception. Speaking about the court system, in our history, criminals have successfully been prosecuted for killing unborn children in the womb of a pregnant woman. However, a woman cannot be brought up on charges for killing their unborn child by method of abortion. 
In Planned Parenthood's 2019, the 20, uh, 2020 annual report, I have some numbers I want to share with you. A little bit over 4.5 million STI, which is sexually transmitted infections, tests were made. A little over 860,000 uh, were given the HIV tests. A little over 1.5 million uh, given pregnancy tests. 2,100, a little bit over uh, 2,100 were dealing with uh, miscarriage care. And a little over 354,000 abortion procedures. Abortion is very common. It shares that three in, ten, uh, three in 10 women in the U.S. will have an abortion by the time they're 45 years old. The battle over abortion is a symptom of our society which places a premium on comfort and self-interest. According to the survey of the principal reasons why women have abortions, I wanna, I'm going to put these up on the, on the screen. 25% say they're not ready for another child or their timing is wrong. 23% can't afford a baby now. 19% have completed my, they, they say they have completed my childbearing and have other people depending on me or their children have grown. That's 19%. Don't want to be a single mother and I'm having relationship problems? 8%. Don't feel mature enough to raise a child? 7%. It would interfere with, uh, the child would interfere with education or career plans? 4%. And the other, which is including husband or partner or parents, want me to have an abortion? A little over 7%. So the question is often asked, what if the mother's life is in danger? Shouldn't she have an abortion then? Well, Dr. C. Everett Koop, a former uh, Surgeon General of the United States, uh, says that during his 35 years of medical practice in obstetrics, never once did a case come across my practice where abortion was necessary to save a mother's life. Only slightly more than 7% of abortions performed in America are for cases of distress. And these won't be up on the screen, but I hope you hear, I'll hear them out. Here's the breakdown. Again, dealing with cases of distress. Dealing with a mother's health, 4%. Possible health problem with the baby, 3%. And the result of rape, less than 1%. There's a study out there that says it's actually less than 0.5%. A few years ago, Denmark passed terrifying legislation that gave the state, not the patient, not the family, uh, the patient's family, the legal right to decide whether an illness should be treated or the patient left to die. In 1984, Vice Presidential Candidate Geraldine Ferrero made this statement concerning abortion on the floor of the House of Representatives. He said, quote unquote, the cost of putting an unwanted child through the welfare system far outweighs the cost of abortion procedures. 
Later, during a House debate on government funding of abortions, Ferrero said, it's a simple matter of economics. Unwanted children often end up in the criminal justice system. It's very expensive to take care of them. No, it's all about the money, not about the morals. A former United States president was once recorded saying, I've noticed that everyone who is for abor abortion has already been born. I want to be able to bring into some scripture references here, ladies and gentlemen. The first one I want to share with you is found in Psalm 137, so excuse me, 127, verse 3. The Bible says that children are a gift from the Lord. They are a reward from him. How plain is that, ladies and gentlemen, that the children are a gift from the Lord. They are a reward from him. So life is the most important, the most valuable thing that we have been given. We are created in God's image. In Genesis chapter 1, verses, in the very beginning of the Bible, Genesis chapter 1, verses 26 through 27 says this. Then God said, let us make human beings in our image. To be like us, they will reign over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky, the livestock, all the wild animals on the earth, and the small animals that scurry along the ground. So God created human beings in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. We are made in the very image and likeness of our creator. So all life is important and all lives have value. All lives had value. Do you remember the uh, 1999 shootings of the Columbine High School? If, you're too, uh, if you don't remember that, that day, uh, about 20, 2006, a tragic shooting of the West Nickel Mine School, the Amish School here close to in Lancaster County. In 2007, the shootings that took place in Virginia Tech. 2012, the Sandy Hook Elementary School. And I'm sure the list can go on and on. All those students, with all their futures ahead of them, who knows what our world is missing because they are no longer part of this life. Doctors, nurses, pilots, first responders, pastors, the list can go on. And not only this, ladies and gentlemen, but what about the trauma that this caused to all the families? What about the parents? What about the siblings? Can you imagine what it must have been like getting that phone call or getting a knock on the door by a law enforcement officer indicating that your child or children were victims of a heinous crime? Why do we care? Because life is valuable. God places design on each of us and made us unique. I want to turn to the book of Psalm, chapter 139, verses 13 through 16. The Bible says this, You made all the delicate inner parts of my body 
and knit me together in my mother's womb. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous, how well I know it. You watched me as I was being formed in utter seclusion, and as uh, I was woven together in the dark of the womb, you saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. After reading this scripture, you may have to come to the conclusion that conception is where life begins. In verse 13, where it says, You made all of my delicate innermost parts. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I was woven together in the darkness of the womb. This is not tissue. This is a human being. This is a person of God and his design. Verse 14 says, thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. We are not a mistake. We are made in his image. Verse 15 says, you, you, you watched me as I was being formed. Of course, there are questions that are out there. For example, what about those who are genetically defective? It's no secret that we all look different. We are all defective in one way or another. We, we are valued by God. I'll say it again. We are valued by God. I want to turn to the Gospel book of Luke, chapter 12, verses 22 to, uh, 22 to 32. It says, then turning to his disciples, Jesus said, that is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life. Whether you have enough food to eat or enough clothes to wear, for life is more than food and your body is more than clothing. Look at the ravens. And they don't plant or harvest or store food in barns for God feeds them. And you are more valuable to him than any birds. Can all your worries add a single moment in your life? And if worry can't accomplish a little thing like that, what's the use of worrying over bigger things? Look at the lilies and how they grow. They don't work or make their clothing, yet Solomon in all his glory was not dressed as beautifully as they are. And if God cares so wonderfully for flowers, uh, flowers that are here today and thrown in the fire tomorrow, you, he will certainly care for you. Why do you have so little faith? And don't be concerned about what you eat or what to drink. Don't worry about such things. These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers all over the world, but your father already knows your needs. Seek the kingdom of God above all else, and he will give you everything you need. Don't be afraid, little flock, for it gives your father great happiness to give you the kingdom. We are so much more important to God than anything else. 
more than the lilies of the field and more than the ravens and birds in the sky. If our Father cares for the flowers that are here today and gone tomorrow, how much more does he care for you and me? Let me share with you a brief story. In 1987, there was a husband and wife team of missionaries that were in Manila, Philippines. Before the woman was pregnant, she was diagnosed with, I'm hoping I'm saying this correctly, uh, amoebic dysentery, and eventually fell into a temporary coma. Doctors advised them to abort the child as she was on a strong medication. They feared that the medicine might have a deteriorating effect on the unborn child, and his parents' faith was stronger than the medical advice. They decided to go ahead uh, with the pregnancy, and eventually the child was born, uh, even though he was malnourished during the time of his birth. And as a young man now, even though he is dyslexic, this child believes is a gift from the Almighty. The child's name, Tim Tebow. If you don't know his name, you can search him later on. Ladies and gentlemen, if we are so important to God, then we should treat each life like it is important and valuable. Even though the circumstances may not make sense from our perspectives, we are never authorized to play God, uh, to usurp the position that is rightfully his. When we devalue life, we devalue God's unique design and purpose for each of us. As I close out, I want to, uh, can you put that graph up again for a moment? I don't want you to focus, ladies and gentlemen, on the percentages that's there. Can you focus on the reasons why abortions take place? Read them through. As I prepare for this message, I didn't want to just give you information about the, the Supreme Court cases and a few others. I wanted to make sure I also brought scripture along with you. But as you see that, that, uh, that graphic and the reasons why the women have abortions. Abortion brings on more to the woman than just making a decision to abort a life. The women can continue living life, but may have a higher probability of living with increased thoughts or attempts of suicide. You can take the, the, the graph down. They may start to increase their intake of alcohol or usage of drugs. So it's just beyond a decision to abort life. And I know that most of the time people think it's just the women, but let me tell you, I also want to share with you, if you are a man who insisted for your wife or your girlfriend or mistress to abort, 
you may be carrying around some guilt and shame as well. Back to the woman. You may no longer be carrying the weight of the child in your womb or would be for nine months. But it's possible that you may be having, uh, you've been gone through years of still carrying and experiencing the weight of guilt and condemnation after making the decision to abort the child. As we've heard, this life is a gift from God. So before you continue to deteriorate, let me tell you that there is hope. I want to tell you that grace is available to you. That grace can only be found in the giver of life, Jesus Christ. And if you've been carrying that weight around, ask God for forgiveness. Let him forgive you and cleanse you. That you're able to recognize what has happened. And that you can start living life again. To let go of that guilt and condemnation that only by the grace of God, through Jesus Christ, can be given to us by forgiveness and the cleansing. After the service here today, our lay pastors are going to be here up front for anyone that wants to have to be prayed for or we want to pray with you and for you. I know this is a hard topic, ladies and gentlemen, but as I share the hope that we have in Christ Jesus, I pray the Spirit will be able to lead you and guide you and say, I can't carry this anymore if that's the decision that had to be made in one part of your life. Let us pray. Loving and gracious, most holy God, the creator of heaven and earth, the children are a gift from the Lord. I know, God, that this topic is so difficult. We know, God, that there are women who've had to make a decision, whatever reason, before. They may be carrying around the guilt the shame, especially in the times of anniversaries, what would have been, and are so he weighing heavy on their hearts. God, as we come before your presence and asking you for forgiveness, Maybe if we feel your presence, may we feel the, the, the rivers of living water coming into our souls, God. We feel that we are forgiven and that we are cleansed, that we can say thank you. That we no longer have to carry this weight around. Only by your grace, your mercy and love can we do this, God. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, ladies and gentlemen.